I've been thinking about the Christmas season and how much the world loves Christmas. It doesn't matter where you go, there's something about Christmas. And, you know, you'll watch television and you'll see, oh, people that would obviously not be pro-Christian by their behavior. They wouldn't hold any of the values to which we hold, and yet they love Christmas. And so I was thinking about it. What is it about Christmas that the world loves? Look at Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end, upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice, from henceforth even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for providing a body for your Son. Lord, thank you for sending him at Christmas. And Lord, we know that it wasn't December 25th when He came, but that's the day that we celebrate. And Lord, we're so glad that You did come, and we're glad the Father sent You. And Lord, I pray that today as we look at this subject and we try to understand that we will um, come to realize that You are the answer to all of our longings. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, there's a, a song that is popular right now. It's called That's What Christmas, or That's Christmas to Me by a group called Pentatonix. And um, I, I, I don't believe that they're Christians. I know that uh, Maureen said one of them has made a, a testimony as to being a Christian, but they're not a Christian group by any means. But this song has been released, and this gives us a good understanding of the world's view of Christmas. And what I mean by the world, I mean apart from those who would boldly name the name of Christ and consider themselves followers of Him, who order their lives based on their King. From the outside, this is what Christmas looks like. That's Christmas to me. The fireplace is burning bright, shining all on me. I see the presents underneath the good old Christmas tree. And I wait all night till Santa comes to wake me from my dreams. Oh, why? Because that's Christmas to me. I see the children play outside like angels in the snow while mom and daddy share a kiss under the mistletoe and will cherish all these simple things wherever we may be. Oh, why? Because that's Christmas to me. I've got this Christmas song in my heart. I've got the candles glowing in the dark. I'm hanging all the stockings by the Christmas tree. Oh, why? Because that's Christmas to me. I listen for the thud of reindeer walking on the roof as I fall asleep to lullabies. The morning's coming soon. The only gift I'll ever need is the joy of family. Oh, why? Because that's Christmas to me. Oh, the joy that fills our hearts and makes us see. Oh, why? Because that's Christmas to me. I've got this Christmas song in my heart. I've got the candles glowing in the dark. And then for years to come, we'll always know one thing. That's the love that Christmas can bring. Oh, why? Because that's Christmas to me. What is missing in that song? Jesus Christ. And can I just give you a testimony today? Jesus Christ. That's Christmas to me. And here's the, here's the thing. 
what I want us to look at is what is it about the Christmas holiday that is so attractive to the world? And I'll tell you what it is. Underneath it all, what is attractive to the world is Jesus Christ. He is the answer to all of their needs. But let's begin with this. The first need that the world has is the need for wonder. The need for wonder. Wonder is that possession of the mind that enchants the emotions while never surrendering reason. Let me say it again. Wonder is that possession of the mind that enchants the emotions while never surrendering reason. Have you ever wanted to recapture the feeling that you had when you first saw something? Or you first experienced something? I remember the first time I ever ate a Dove bar. It's like there were angels singing. And you know, while I still really enjoy them, it's not the same thing as that first time. I ate one. I remember the first time that I drove from Knoxville, Tennessee over to Asheville, North Carolina, driving through those mountains and just the beauty of it. Just fantastic. Or going to the Rockies or any of those those experiences that you've had and you want to renew them. Do you remember what it was like on Christmas Eve before the presents were opened? How many of you young people, you're excited about Christmas? Yes, yes. Right. Presents, coal, presents, coal, presents. <laughs> you know what's funny? Do you remember when uh, you couldn't wait for Christmas and, and you couldn't wait for Santa? And then you didn't really believe in Santa. And then you realized you were Santa. <laughs> then you look in the mirror and you start looking like Santa. <laughs> and then that's the end. <laughs> Wonder. Wonder. You're looking for that, just that feeling. And I find myself, I'm that way. I love new. I'm excited to check my email because there's going to be something new in the email box. I love to go out and check the mail at the mailbox out here because there's something new. And what it usually is is Bill, Bill, Bill. Or a Nigerian left me $5 million. That's an amazing thing that I found in my email box just for me. Wonder. Wonder. Do you all remember that? And it is interesting, people are looking for that wonder earlier and earlier and earlier. Pretty soon, in August, we're going to start seeing Christmas decorations. They're backing it up and backing it up because they're trying to generate that, that feeling of wonder. Francis Bacon said this, It may be true that all philosophy begins with wonder, it is also true that wonder dies with knowledge. It's interesting, isn't it? He said, explanation is the termination point of mystery. Explanation is the termination point of mystery. Analysis, the death knell of curiosity. The poet says, why is the sky blue? The scientist said, well, it's nitrogen and it's the way that the sun refracts through the... Thanks. Ruined my song. <laughs> and it's, it's interesting how knowledge displaces wonder. Or to put more vulgarly, familiarity breeds contempt. And it seems like in the world, the better we understand something, the more we get to know it, the less, res the less respect there is. The question's been asked, does unwrapping the gift take away from the gift? 
You're so excited. Young people, guys, you open up that gift. It's wrapped beautifully. It's under the tree. You've been waiting for it. You've made your list. And you open it up and you pull it out and it's underwear. (laughs) It was better before it was unwrapped, right? And it's so interesting how this, this need for wonder, this need for wonder, that's what Christmas brings. That's what Christmas brings to people. Then, innocence. Innocence. There, all of the Christmas stories are generally about children. They're about hopes and dreams and, and a baby. What is more innocent than a baby? It's innocence. I want you to see what Judas said about Jesus Christ. I have sinned in that I have betrayed the what? Innocent blood. And the Pharisees said, and they said, what is that to us? See that or that? That's your problem. Jesus Christ was innocent. But look at what Jesus Christ wants to do for us. The Bible says, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. That's Jude 1.24. He wants to present you faultless. One of the things that happens at Christmas time is unbelievable guilt. People look back at what has happened in their lives or what they have done for their children or not done for the children, and they're eaten up with unbelievable guilt. It was interesting. Um, I'll mention that in a minute. Look at this. Come now, and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. What does Jesus Christ want to bring for us? He wants to make us innocent. You know, when Adam and Eve were created and placed in the garden, they were placed there in a state of innocence, in a state of sinlessness, and then sin entered into the world. And we know the Bible says, For as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. At Christmas time, what happens is people see the innocence and they watch the children and and it's just so much fun. Um, Chloe got a, a mini mouse bicycle. It's in Pastor Nathan's office. And her face. You know, that's me when my, Laura gets me my new Lamborghini for Christmas. It's going to be... I don't care if it has Minnie Mouse on it. I don't care. <laughs> And what is it? Now, how many of you, honestly, would be really excited to get a Minnie Mouse trike? Yes, some of the guys up here, I'm really scared. Future of America, we're in trouble. Now, that innocence, there's nothing better than that. There's nothing better than watching a a little child walk up to the Christmas tree than have to be spanked every day for 20 days to keep from touching it. The, The... It's an amazing thing to look at the face of the children and the wonder and the innocence. And that's that's what people want. You know that Jesus Christ is offering you that. Jesus Christ can get you to this place. Forgetting those things which are behind and looking to those things which are ahead, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He can take away all that past. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 
That's innocence. Could you use a new day? Could you use a new start? You know, you can have that new start in Jesus Christ. They want what Jesus is. How about family? That's what that song was all about. And, you know, you watch the television programs and you see the families and then you go to your family reunion and people are throwing things at each other. And you're thinking, I want the family that's on the postcard, not the one I have. You ever felt that? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. What people want is that idyllic picture of the home. Do you know that Christ can provide that for you? Here's how I'll provide it for you. You're born again. The Holy Spirit of Christ is in you. The Bible says, Be not filled with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And then it says, Submitting yourselves one unto another. And then it gives you the structure for the home. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for it. In the parallel passage in Colossians chapter 3, children, obey your parents. What does Christ give you through the Holy Spirit? The home on the postcard. The home that the world wants to destroy. Everything that the world is against, and yet they yearn for it, they long for it at Christmas time. That's what Christ wants to give you. That's what He wants to give you. Look what the Bible says. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That's Ephesians 3, 14 and 15. What God wants to do is God wants to give you a family. And that longing that we all have, it's expressed this way. We long for immortality. Why? Because we were created to have eternal life. We weren't supposed to die. We long for wealth. Why? Because we were created to have it all. God created the whole world and gave it to us. We were supposed to have it all. We long for power. Why? We were created to have dominion. And then, we long for a place to belong. Why? Because we were created to be a kingdom or a family. What is the kingdom of God? Jesus said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. You can't see it. He said, but the kingdom of God is in you. The Bible says, for the kingdom of God is not meat or drink. It's not physical, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. What is it that people want at Christmas? They love the righteousness, the purity of it. They love the peace of it. How many of you have seen a sign that says peace sometime through the Christmas holiday? That's what the world wants. Have you seen joy? Have you seen that word? Joy. What does the Holy Spirit want to bring you? What does Jesus Christ want to bring you? The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. God wants to give you all of that. The wonder, the innocence, the family. And then hope. Hope. What is hope? Hope is that longing that we have for something better. It's that longing that we have for something better. It doesn't take you very long as a child to realize that the world is not the way that it's supposed to be. And that happens the first time when someone tells you life's not fair. What is hope? That we can have a better world, that we can have a better life. And so you end up with someone like John Lennon writing, imagine there's no heaven. That's hope? That's hope? No. Let's look at what the Bible says about hope. The, the number one thing that people are looking for at Christmas time is hope. I hope I get I hope I get. I hope she remembers. 
I hope he remembers. And let me say this. You married couples. If you get to the place where you're no longer giving each other gifts, the next step is divorce court. I've seen it over and over and over again. I want her to know that she's special to me. I want her to know that. What does that? Well, picking up my socks helps. Right? But beyond the day-to-day things that demonstrate that, it's a special time. Our anniversary is tomorrow. 24 years we've been married tomorrow. I want that to be a special time for her. Now, here's the thing. Laura's very frugal. Well, let's not spend... Let's not. No, I want her to know that she's special. Gift-giving is very important. What did God do for us? The Bible says that when Jesus, He that descended and he, he led captivity captive, when He ascended to heaven, speaking of Jesus, the Bible says He gave good gifts to men. When you give gifts, you're being like Jesus. We demonstrate love by giving gifts. Gift. Now, how many of you know that it can get carried away? Right? We buy things we don't need to impress people we don't like. Right? So we know that we know that gift giving can get out of control, but it's really cool when a gift is special. That's what Jesus Christ wants to give us. What is the gift that He gives us that is the greatest gift? It's that gift of hope. Let's look at how He gives us that gift. Oh, and what I was saying was, that's where the presence, you see the presence, and there's hope there. I hope I got. I hope. And there's something that, that wells up in you. And I, I don't need anything. I need a diet. I don't need anything, and yet I love presents. How many of you are the same way? You just love getting stuff. Oh, yeah, the rest of you are liars. Okay, now, God will give you innocence. Step back. Look at what the Bible says. Now, the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. The God of hope fills you with joy and peace in believing. In believing in what? In believing in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for your salvation. Realizing that He will give you that gift of eternal life, the greatest gift that you could ever have, that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. What does the power of the Holy Ghost do? Well, the first thing that we understand the power of the Holy Ghost did in this story is overshadowed the Virgin Mary and she was with child. What did the power of the Holy Ghost do? Give you a Savior. Not only will the power of the Holy Ghost give you a Savior, the power of the Holy Ghost will save you. The power of the Holy Ghost will change you. The power of the Holy Ghost will give you joy and peace. The power of the Holy Ghost will give you hope. Excitement for the next day. Not because you're going to get something, but because you're going to see what God has for you. What a wonderful thing. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. What is our hope? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Looking for that blessed hope in the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. That being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. That by two immutable things, unchangeable, by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. What is that hope? 
which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. Those gifts that you get, some of those gifts are things that you'll use for years and years and years. Others are things that you'll use for a couple of days and then it's just not really that big of a deal anymore to you. The gift that Jesus Christ gives you is eternal. It, it fadeth not away. What a wonderful hope. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again, born again, begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You see, my hope is not some thing. You know, I would love one of those um, Nespresso coffee maker. How many of you have seen one of those Nespresso machines? You know what I'm talking about? The pods, the little coffee pot, they're like $50 each or something. It's crazy. Now, they're like 60 cents, but still, that's a lot of money. And so you have this Nespresso coffee machine. It's kind of art deco. It's real cool looking, you know, and the coffee, it comes, it has the right amount of pressure through the, the pod. And so you have this crema, they call it, this kind of cream that comes on the top of the coffee. And you, you, it, it just looks cool. And then you, you, you take a, you, you smell it. And again, it's like the Dove Bar every time you make it. It's like, <laughs> right? I would love to have a Nespresso machine under my tree. A couple of years from now, it won't work anymore. Right? The hope that Jesus Christ gives you is so much better than anything. It's everything. It's our all. Then look at this. Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world... So Jesus Christ, before the foundation of the world, it was ordained that He would die on the cross for you, but was manifest. He was shown to us in these last times for you, who by Him do believe in God that raised Him up from the dead and gave Him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. But this verse right here sums it all up. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Uh, I have, there, there's a company, it's called Saddleback Leather, and they make this unbelie these unbelievable leather things, whether it's bags or uh, computer cases or whatever. I've got my iPad is in one of those. It's really cool stuff. And their motto is, your kids will fight over it when you're dead. That's heartwarming, isn't it? It's just... and, and the simple fact is, it probably will last longer than you. There are some gifts if, you know, diamonds are forever. If you give your wife a diamond, don't worry. If you give your wife a diamond, I promise you that diamond is going to last longer than you are. Is that right? But that diamond won't last longer than your salvation. Eventually, that diamond will melt with a fervent heat. Oh, that's impossible. It's the hardest thing. The Bible says the elements will melt with a fervent It's all going away. It's all going away. What is going to last longer than that diamond? Your salvation. Your hope. In a new heaven and a new earth where there's no more sin, there's no more tears, there's no more corruption. That's what God wants to give you. That's what He wants to give you. Hope. Hope. A baby bubbling with life is embodied promise. 
uh, I lived uh, near Chicago. And so we would go into Chicago often, and it would be like for us going to Dayton. That's about how far away we were. And I remember we were down on Rush Street. We had just gone to this place called the Hamburger Hamlet. It's like a fancy restaurant that sold hamburgers. Anybody ever go to the Hamburger Hamlet? Anybody ever? Winston Churchill's private elevator was in there. You could sit in it and, you know, it was cool. Well, we had come out, and I was just a young man. I was 19, 20 years old. And what do you do when you're 19, 20 years old? You spend all your money. And so I didn't have any money left. Time to go home. I got no more money. Got to go home. And this, this homeless lady with her cart, she walked up and asked me, for some money so she could get something to eat. And I told her, I said, I don't have any. I don't have anything. And her face fell. She got this really sad look on her face. And she pulled a blanket from her (coughs) cart and she had a crusty old loaf of bread and she broke off some of that and she handed it to me. What do you think that did to me? That was actually a later incident um, the one that I was thinking of about that time on Rush Street, it was, it was hot out, and we were there in the evening, and this, this, he, you could tell he was homeless, but he had a bike, and he, he rode his bike, and he pulled up to a trash can, and he saw that someone had had a Sunday, and you know what's left after a Sunday, the, you know, the chocolate and all that in the bottom, and he took it and took the spoon and drank it out of the trash can. That guy that did that, At one point in his life, he was a bubbling baby whose very existence pictured hope and dreams and aspirations. What happened? I don't know. What what happens in a person's life to get them from the promise of a baby to eating out of a trash can in the United States of America? What happens? I don't know. But I know that Jesus Christ is the answer. Jesus Christ is the answer. I was thinking of this. There was a platoon in Afghanistan. This is a true story. And the one of their soldiers had been wounded and was separated from the platoon. And the men wanted to go and rescue him. But... They didn't know if his wounds were fatal, if it was hopeless to go after him. Their commanding officer said they probably shouldn't try. And two of the men said, we're going after him. And so they went into the danger. They went into the fire and crawling on their bellies, they got to him. And as, he got, as they got to him, he collapsed in their arms and he said, I knew you'd come. I knew you would come. We come into the world. And at Christmas time, we have the wonder. And then you get older and it, it, it becomes kind of routine. And you have some disappointments in life. And, and you start to see that things aren't fair and hurt comes in and relationships are broken. And, and, and you don't end up where you thought you would be. And, you, and whether you say it out loud or not, you say, I didn't think it would be like this. I, I didn't think it would be like this. What you need to do is you need to go back and see that baby in the manger. And do you know what you can say? I knew you'd come. I knew you'd come. And he did. What did he come to do? He came to rescue you in a way so much greater than what those soldiers did. He came to rescue you in a way that will last forever. 
Deep within every human heart throbs the undying hope that somebody or something will bring both an explanation of what life is all about and a way to retain the wonder. Let me read that again. Deep within every human heart throbs the undying hope that somebody or something will bring an explanation of what life is about. Why am I here? What is all this about? Why is there suffering in the world? Why am I going through this? An explanation. And yet, with the information, also a way to retain the wonder. Jesus, a baby in a manger, fulfills the desire for both explanation and wonder. God in a manger. God on a whipping post. God on a cross. God in a borrowed tomb. God rising from the dead to give me eternal life. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. I'm glad we have hope beyond the grave. I'm glad we have hope. I'm glad that all this is not all there is. I'm glad there's more, and that's Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father.